Welcome to the podcast, From Crisis to Connection. I'm Jeff Stewart, licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'll be bringing the professional perspective. I'm Jody Stewart, unlicensed wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, and neighbor, and I'll be bringing the regular everyday perspective. We are all about relationship recovery, and we'll tackle tough topics like infidelity, abuse, addiction, pornography, and betrayal trauma. We also focus on helping you build stronger connections in your most important relationships. So thanks for joining us. We're glad you're here. So welcome back to the podcast, everyone. We're so glad you're here again. Yep. Glad to be with you for another episode. We want to tell you about a free video course called The First Steps to Rebuilding Trust. This is a course that is designed to help repair trust right out the gate. When things have been broken and there's a lot of confusion and chaos, this will help you get your bearings. It's for the person who's been betrayed, the person who broke the trust, and also has resources for the couple. You can download this course right now by visiting the link in the show notes and we'll send it to you right away. All right. So this is a great question that we're going to discuss today. How you can find your true self after betrayal. Mm -hmm. Because you can get so easily turned around when the rug is pulled out from under you. And one of the biggest effects of trauma, whether it's, whether it's betrayal trauma or even just trauma, like a car accident or natural disaster or something that's, you know, totally outside the interpersonal realm is this idea of depersonalization where you almost feel like you're watching yourself go through life, but you're not connected to yourself. You don't Mm -hmm. know even who you are anymore. And that's a huge loss because not having that core self of who am I And how do I engage with the world? That's so disorienting. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I haven't heard that term before, depersonalization. Yeah. Yeah. That might be just helpful at all. Just to kind of have some some words to describe that. that experience. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So then often people start to wonder, yeah, so who am I really? Mm -hmm. You know, in some ways looking back at yourself from the outside. And that can turn into a search of sorts to figure out who you are again. And even though that's a very natural, normal response, that can be somewhat counterproductive. Yes. Yeah. Because in it's kind of like seeking for happiness. Mm -hmm. Seeking to find yourself is not really a fruitful practice. Yeah. It's kind of like the plot, the storyline that we've seen in so many different stories where the person goes on this grand journey and, you know, basically end up where they started kind of a thing. You yeah. Know? Like they, maybe there's a new understanding, a new appreciation. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. They're but, different They're But it kind of comes full circle and it's like everything from the romantic comedy where it's like the person that's been your best friend is actually the one that you care about. Right. Uh-huh. We love that plot line, mm-hmm. but even on a personal level where, you know, or you realize that you like Dumbo, right. You've, you've had it inside of you this whole time. Right. You just thought this magic feather or this other thing was going to be the thing. And so you're just on this big journey. And then it's the sort of the twist is like, oh, no, it's been in you the whole time. Right. Those stories are so reassuring. Relatable. And relatable, mm-hmm. yeah, to us. And we love them because they're us. Yeah. They're our story. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of where we want to want to start with this. Can I add one more thing real quick? Oh, sure. So- Back on the depersonalization, the trauma itself can cause that again, you know, just even impersonal trauma like a natural disaster or car accident. But in the case of intimate betrayal, when there's been someone that you 
relied on and trusted and had a bond with. Part of part of the the surrender that we do in a intimate primary bond involves turning over our view of self to a degree to another person. Sure. And yes. when you've got somebody who lies to you, betrays you, deceives you, gaslights you, tells you that you're something to protect their own secrets or to defend uh-huh. their own shame, and there's a lot of blame and head games and so on, all of that stuff can really feed into the depersonalization and the identity crisis because now you're contending with their voice in your head about how they saw you. And, and all of that is obviously about them and their mm-hmm. own secrets and their own problems and that uh, the abusive mindset or entitlement and so on. And so a lot of the times people that are healing from betrayal, whether they stay in that relationship or not, are still plagued with that view of self through the eyes of this other person that they allowed in that closely mm-hmm. to in a way define them. Yeah. And so it's it's nice to say, and you see memes like this all over the internet that say like, don't let other people define you or don't. But in a primary attachment bond, for it to really work, we do surrender an element of letting ourselves be seen and influenced by that person mm-hmm. that we don't give to, to that, anybody else. Yeah, to that degree. Yes. Yeah. And it's not an unhealthy thing. That's part of when it works and it's safe, that synergy, that safety, that blending of views of self, views of other, like can be a really beautiful thing to have yourself reflected through the eyes of someone who really loves you and cares about you. It can work in a really healthy way. And it can fuel you becoming your better self. Yes. And yes. it can also be massively devastating and hard to put back when that person abuses that. And that's to mm-hmm. me why betrayal trauma is one of the harder ones to heal from because it gets wrapped up in our identity so much. Yeah. So reclaiming yeah, that's a that. Great point. Yeah. So reclaiming this is not just as simple as go on some journey and find your true self that got just kind of thrown out the window and you got to go find it in a field somewhere. It's not like that. Right. It's not like that. It's, it's a lot more uh, challenging than just reclaiming something that you just put back on like a mask. It's not like that. Right. Right. So let's talk about some of the things that, you know, that are involved in this process. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, like I was starting to mention that like- Oh, before I cut you off? No. Before you added a really beautiful insight. (laughs) You're so nice. (laughs) That oftentimes when we take it up, like we're just going to start seeking and figure out who we are. Mm Mm-hmm. That can sabotage some of that process. Yes. Because and it's not that you can't be open to the discovery of who you are, but the difference between being open to discovering how you are showing up and what's just really naturally flowing from you is different than going on a deliberate search to find that person. Yes. I think the, that hunt or that search or that striving, the hustling yes. is based on the idea that I think that's fueled by depersonalization. I think it's fueled by, it's out there somewhere and like you've almost disconnected from yourself thinking that someone else or something else has it or it's hidden from you. Yes. And so I think that's where it becomes problematic is that it's a lot of, I think Brene Brown used that term, hustling for our worthiness. Yeah. And it's that hustle is exhausting and it's unproductive. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So just to begin to find your true self, a good place to start is what you already know, mm-hmm. like what's been in you the whole time. Yeah. So it can be helpful sometimes to reflect back on what you were like as a child. And depending on when you experience trauma and when those things affected your life, that could be complicated. But oftentimes we, I mean, none of us can really avoid being who we are. Mm-hmm. Here are some places. I love the work of Steven Stoss. He had a method for helping people deal with their shame. And he says, you know, when you tap into things in your life that nobody can take from you, 
nobody can alter or adjust. Nobody can smother out. I mean, they, you know, you might forget about it or be disconnected from it, but it's there inside you. And some of the examples he gives, I think are so cool. He says things like, you know, who are the people that you would do anything for? You know, so understanding like who are the kinds of people that you feel drawn to, that you feel so connected to? That reflection, those safe people oftentimes reflect things back about you that, you know, that are are part of who you are and how you, again, in safe relationships, we reflect back our good qualities. And it becomes it becomes this mirror in a way. Mm-hmm. And so to to really, you know, so if it's like, well, I love spending time with I would do anything for this neighbor or this family member who you know, when I'm around them, I feel this kind of a thing, or, you know, we have this thing. Well, there's probably some reflection about who you are because they probably see something about you as well. And so connecting with those people, thinking about those interactions is huge. He talks about even in nature, what kinds of things do you appreciate? Mm-hmm. What kinds of things do you value and appreciate, whether it's man-made or, or nature? What are the things that you're drawn to that you, like nobody can take that from you. Those are part of who you are. And, you know, you might really appreciate stillness in nature. You might really appreciate adventure and something more dynamic. These are clues that Mm -hmm. are part of who you are and probably have always been a part of who you are, even if other people have tried to define who you are. They're still a part of it you can claim. Mm -hmm. And those things, I think when you're in that place of, I want to say de-selfing, but that's not the word. Depersonalization. Depersonalizing. Thank you. When you're in that place those things might not be readily or easily accessible. Right. But they do show themselves when given the space. Mm-hmm. So for example, like you said, you know, you might ask yourself the question, what do I appreciate about nature? Do I appreciate being still in it, moving in it, certain places in nature that mm-hmm. call to me or that I feel at home in? And you might not have an initial response to that. You might not really know. But if you just make, kind of create an opening for the discovery of that, it will begin to show up. Right. And you might have to battle back voices from other people that say things like, well, the outdoors are dumb or you shouldn't like this. Or this is just one example, but it can be the things that you love. I mean, children, since we're little, like we start to have preferences. We start to, our identities and our preferences start to form very early, Mm -hmm. likes and dislikes. And you know, the job of a parent is to nurture and expand that and help a child understand who they are and how they show up in the world and what their unique gifts are. And if you had that opportunity and blessing to be surrounded by adults who could do that, then that's amazing. And what a gift Mm -hmm. to you. And if you didn't, you may have to go back and just do some reflection, like you said, and see what comes up for you as you notice, I really feel drawn to this. I really feel like these are clues about who we are and Mm -hmm. how we operate. And it can be anything from just knowing that you love the smell of fresh cut grass to like remembering a really profound experience that you had on the beach with a relative or Mm -hmm. some close friends or something. Just those kinds of things can just reveal to us parts of ourselves that that maybe have been hidden for a time Mm -hmm. or but that are still in there. Yeah. Those things are coded in us. Once we've had those experiences, they're they're written into our experiences, our life. But yeah, I think just the true self will come up as we just look for that, set our intention to understand it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just to have a willingness as you go about your life and keep living and facing the the things that come up and that are needful, there will be ahas. Mm -hmm. Stuff will come up that will either be memories or 
just new experiences that are even maybe brand new, but somewhat related by a similar thread to something that's been in you all along. Okay, so... And and I, I think it's important to recognize that if you're having a hard time slowing down enough to do this, you might benefit from some trauma work to sure. slow down your nervous system. Because if mm-hmm. you're in survival mode, fight or flight, freeze, yeah. you're just trying to survive and not basically die. Probably not physically die, but certainly your body is just heightened. So activated. And yeah, it's, 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 you'll, you won't be able to. Yeah. It feels like a higher order task to wonder who I am and how I, you know, what, who, what my true self, that feels like a kind of a more advanced type thing to care about when you're just trying to survive. So boundaries, obviously safety, slowing down your nervous system, trauma care, those things are all first. You've got yeah. to do those things first. So don't, if you're just in the middle of discovery, you're coming here and listening to this and it's just been a week. Yeah. This isn't it's okay. A, this isn't like your time to be caring about that as deeply right now. Mm-hmm. Your focus is safety. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to surround yourself with people who don't diminish you. Yes, for sure. That reflection we were talking about. Yeah. Of seeing who who just love you no matter what, who just are caring about you, who you have a history with, who just are affirming. It could even be strangers in a 12 step many who've all been through the same thing, but they just see you and notice you and love you. I've been in situations where I've been in men's groups and I don't know any of these people, but they're all there doing the same work I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And you just feel like you can see yourself more clearly because you're being held by their intention and their appreciation and respect. Yeah. Those are great places to yes. see yourself. Yes. So essentially what we're trying to say is that this pursuit is more of an uncovering and a discovery mm-hmm. than, than of a deliberate hardcore pursuit. Yeah. And that that organically your personal truths about yourself and how you think and operate and make sense of the world and show up in the world, that those can all come up and come out in time. And you'll discover ultimately that they're not so far from who you were before. Mm -hmm. They might be just a different variety, but still the same person. You'll come full circle. You'll come back home as an improved, a better person who's who's been on a learning journey, but you'll be home. Yeah. I love that. I was actually going to use the word homecoming, that mm. that's, that's really the word that came up for me as well. And a homecoming doesn't mean you haven't grown. It doesn't mean you don't have more insight. It's just that you're not disconnected from yourself anymore. Yes, exactly. I think it's so important to know who we are at the core and what we offer and what our unique gifts are Mm -hmm. and how we can use those to interact in the world and help others and contribute. Without knowing that, it's life can feel so much more meaningless and difficult. Yes. So it's good work to do. And I'll say it now and I'll say it a thousand times, if you're in the middle of a situation where things are unsafe, there needs to be boundary work, trauma work, safety first. And this other stuff that we're talking about will come in time. Mm-hmm. You'll have a chance to do that work and it will be very sweet and possible to do it when your body and system are safe and regulated. Mm-hmm. So I just have to repeat that over and over yeah, because that's so, okay. many, that's so many partners that have been betrayed beat themselves up like they, yeah. they aren't I'm doing not it there, right. I'm not, yes. Yeah. So yeah. just want to put it in the right sequence so you know when to do it. Yep. Thank you for being here every single episode. We love hearing from you. We love being a part of this with you. So we appreciate it. Yeah. And we look forward to being with you again next time. 